Our scripture reading this morning uh, comes from the Gospel of John again, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. You'll be able to find that in the center of, of your worship folder. John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you this morning and thank you so much for your word that we've just read. Lord, we pray now that you will open our hearts uh, to receive it. Lord, may, be, may our hearts be fruitful soil um, that bear much fruit, Lord. We pray for Pastor Steve as well as he brings your word this morning. Lord, may you fill him with your spirit, give him all that he stands in need of. Lord, and may he boldly declare the truth of the gospel. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure that some of you saw that uh, movie a number of years ago, that Tom Hanks movie where he gets uh, stranded in the airport. You know what I'm talking about? Well, that, that kind of happened to me a number of years ago. Uh, I was supposed to be simply changing planes in Shanghai, not, not entering the country, but they were doing construction in the airport, so therefore you actually had to go downstairs and enter into the country. And I wasn't prepared to enter into the country, and so I didn't have the right documentation. And so I got stuck in immigration. And there I was for about 20 minutes 
kind of stranded in nowhere land, not able to go in and not able to go back, and there I was. And I was kind of stranded in my confusion about my destination and about how to get there. And it was very troubling. And that's kind of what we find in our text today, but to a far greater degree than my situation. Confusion over destination and how to get there. The disciples had troubled hearts. And I think uh, everyone should be able to connect with this story this morning because I, I think it's possible that to one degree or another, everyone here has a troubled heart. So turn to John 14. How many of you have red letter edition Bibles? Any of you have red letter editions? In, if, in your red letter edition Bible, it's very interesting to look at the sections that, that we're looking at during these weeks, the upper room discourse, because what you'll find is a lot of red and, and, and very little black print. So the red words are the words of Jesus. And so it's almost all the words of Jesus. In fact, in chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17 that we're going to look at, there's uh, 117 verses that are in red and nine verses, only nine verses that are in black. And it's interesting that those nine verses kind of expose the disciples because almost all of those words are the disciples' words and it exposes their confusion and their questions and their, and their lack of faith. And it really does show what we're talking about in this series. It does show an imperfect community. But this is especially true in our text this morning, everything that Jesus says, the red letters, is answering the concerns that are brought up by the disciples in the black letters. Everything that Jesus says is answering the troubled hearts of the disciples. I think what we'll find this morning is that Jesus' words will also help to calm our troubled hearts. If you have a troubled heart this morning, then pay attention to what we're talking about in the Word of God. Here's our main idea in your notes. It's uh, written down. Here's the main idea. The prescription for calming the troubled heart is believe in God, or specifically believe that the Father has a place for you and believe that Jesus can get you there. As a result of believing, your heart will be calmed and you will do great works. So that kind of summarizes what this passage is, is about. Now that's a lot. This is a really big text. And this addresses some really big things in life. Now as you know, it's a very common funeral text and it's a wonderful message for that it's a wonderful message that is related to death and to dying and to grieving and to all of that and if that is relevant to you today if that's your situation then grab hold of these verses with with both arms hold them tight but this is far more than a funeral message 
This is a word about living and about how to live. And it speaks to all kinds of troubled hearts. Kids, the word this morning, this is for you. Junior hires, high schoolers, you got trouble, troubled heart? This is for you. All the rest of you adults, this word is for us. So in your notes, notice this statement. A troubled heart develops out of two troubling questions. That's what we're going to find in our text. A troubled heart develops out of two troubling questions. Now, look in your notes, and if you don't normally follow the outline, you might want to do it this morning because it's a little bit more complicated than it normally is, uh, but hopefully it's not too complicated. But in your notes, notice that, that there are two questions and that there are two answers. And then underneath each of the questions and answers, there is also the heart of the question and the heart of the answer. All right, you got that? So question number one with an answer, and then the heart of the question, and then the heart of the answer. And then we do that the second time. So let me give you what the two questions are, so we'll let you fill them both in at the same time, okay? So question number one is, where are you going? And question number two is, how will you get there? Where are you going, and how will you get there? Not too complicated. But both questions are, are reflected in Thomas's words in verse 5. Now look at verse 5. Thomas says, Lord... We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? So verse 5 is, it, it's kind of a, a hinge verse holding the two sections together. So verses 1 to 4 are about where are you going? And verses, numbers, verses 6 to 14 are about how do you get there? And then verse 5 is kind of in the middle of it. These are... These are fundamental questions for us. And it's our confusion over the answers that causes our hearts to be troubled. So let's consider question number one. Where are you going? Now, we have to think about the context of the story. So think, think about what we've been talking about uh, the last couple of weeks. Now, you know that Jesus has called the disciples to follow him. And, and basically, the, the disciples who have followed Jesus, they have they've dropped everything to follow him. You know, in some cases, they were fishermen, and, and, and they left their, their boats and their nets, and they became, they became fishers, of Jesus, fishers of men, and they followed Jesus. And so they become his disciples, and wherever he goes, they go, and are there, and they listen to him. And, and so basically, some of these disciples, they have invested everything in him. And then, after all of that, in chapter 13, verse 33, Jesus says, And I'm going away, and where I'm going, you can't come. And Peter, in chapter 13, verse 36, responds with one of those confusion exposing black letter verses. He says, what? 
Lord, where are you going? Now, remember what else has just happened. Judas, who's, he's one of, the, one of the key guys in the group of disciples. He's a treasure. He's, one, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a key person. He's just walked out as a traitor. And Peter, as we saw last week, Peter has just been exposed as a soon-to-be denier of Jesus. He's going to deny Jesus three different times. So you have a traitor and you have a denier. And now Jesus, who's the leader, the one that we've left everything to follow, is saying, eh, well, I'm going away. So what's going on here? I mean, everything was going fine, and now all of a sudden it seems as if everything is just all of a sudden falling apart. This is not how things are supposed to be. This is not how things were supposed to go. How, 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 what do we do now? Well, where are we supposed to go? How are we supposed to continue? How do we follow Jesus now? How do we be a disciple? What about this new kingdom that he came to establish? What about our religion? What about God? What about a lot of things? All of this is very troubling, isn't it? So the question is, Jesus, where are you going? But the question is also, when Jesus goes away, where am I going? That's what the disciples must have been asking. Well, where am I going then? Very troubling. But Jesus knows that. He knows their black letter stuff. He knows their confusion and their insecurities and their doubts, and he knows their weaknesses. He knows, he knows their unsettledness. And he comes alongside of them and he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Now, may I remind you this morning that these words were written for us too? You know that? The omniscient Lord through the work of the Spirit, knew about December 25, 2018. He knows exactly your troubled heart. And he comes alongside you today in this word. God comes to you and he speaks these words to you. Let not your heart be troubled. God's word to you, to me. And the answer for the troubled heart is believe in God. Oh, that's simple. Just believe in God. It seems overly simplistic, but actually he goes on to clarify what that means. Look at verse 2. In my father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. So, 
answer number one to question number one, which is where are you going, is I am going to my father's house. I'm not deserting you. I'm not, I'm not abandoning you. I'm not just, I'm not just taking, taking off and just leaving you up in the air. I am preparing a place for you. Now, what do you think that means? You think that Jesus is decorating? He's not decorating. He's what? Dying. He's dying. He's not, he's not making beds. He's shedding blood. He's not putting up curtains. He's splitting the curtain in two. The curtain that separates sinful man and holy God. His preparation is the forgiveness of sin. His preparation is the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension to the Father so that we can have fellowship with God. We can know God. We can be with Him forever. The heart of question number one is this. I desire, we desire a place to call home. That's at the heart of it. That we desire a place to call home. Now, Peter, previously, and Thomas, and then Philip, and the other disciples, they wanted to know the physical location of where Jesus was going. But the real, the real heart of their question, and the heart of, of their troubled hearts and ours is about safety. It's about safety and, and security. It's about, it's about belonging. It's about not being deserted and not being alone and not being forgotten. The real, the real heart of the issue here is, is having a clear and final destination and knowing what it is, having a place, having a place that is home. That's the heart of the matter. And we do all kinds of things to achieve that, don't we? And if we don't have it, our hearts are very troubled, and rightly so. Now, whether we are Christians or not, I think that we, we all know deep within us that this place, it's beyond us. It's beyond our ability to be able to attain. I think that we all know that. I mean, the scripture says that, that God has placed eternity in our hearts. And so we know that this place is beyond us. That it's, it's beyond having a, a boat and a house or a good job. It's beyond family it's beyond things it's beyond a specific address 37 years ago we bought the perfect house well it wasn't quite perfect so 32 years ago we bought the perfect house well 20 years ago, we bought the perfect house. 
11 years ago. We bought the perfect house. It was the house you walked into and you had that wow factor. It's like, oh, this is it, right? You've done this? Ah, I've looked at a million houses. This is it. This is home. And you decorate it up and you get all your furniture and you put all your little touches to it. You do everything that you can to make it home and yeah, it's good. And you bring all your favorite people in, your family in, and it's like, okay, this is it. And it's like, okay. And it's, it's good. But you know, it's not everything. It's not exactly right. It's not perfect. It's not, we make it as home as we can, but there's something about it that it's just, it's not home. You see this? It's not a specific address. Verse, in verse 4, Jesus says, well, you know you know where, you know the where. And Thomas comes along and says, no, I don't know the where. Where is the where? And Jesus says, yes, you do know. It's me. Now, look at your notes. The heart of the answer. Here's the heart of the answer. Get this. The where is a who. The where is a who. Did I confuse you? Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus was saying, I am the where. Not the where, but who? Me, Jesus is saying. He is, he's lifting our eyes beyond the earthly destinations and securities and settledness and futures. He's lifting our eyes beyond the things and the places and, and the homes that we think are perfect and the people that we think are perfect and the situations that we think are perfect that are only temporary. He's lifting our eyes beyond that and he's lifting our eyes to him, the one who is coming back and the one who has a place for us forever. And even though there's a lot we don't understand about the new heavens and the new earth, you know, I'm not sure about in the sky and floating in a cloud and living in a big mansion. I'm not sure that's the point here. There's a lot we don't know about living in the new heavens and living on the new earth. But we do know this, that where he is, we will be also. Wherever that is. At home. Finally. At home. Forever. Perfect house. So question number one is the where question. Question number two is the how question. This question also comes from Thomas in verse five. Basically, Thomas is saying, if we don't know the address then how do we know what route to take? Now, you've all done the, the map quest and the Google Maps thing, right? I mean, we don't, do, we don't do maps anymore. We just do the program, the application, and you, you, you put in the address, and then the little you know, red dot comes up with the arrow or the whatever. That's the destination. That's where you're going. And then 
you have two or three different routes, right? And this one is five hours and 17 minutes. And this one is five hours and 19 minutes. And this one is five hours and 11 minutes. Which one you're going to take? Unless you like the scenic route. But, so that's how it works. But if, if you don't plug in the address, then you're not going to get any routes. And, that, and that's, what, that's, what's, that's what Thomas's question is. If you don't know the address, then how do you know how to get there? So question number two is, how will we get there? How? How, how are we going to, where is Jesus? And how are we going to travel to where he is? How, maybe the better question is in their minds, how are we going to continue being disciples? What do we, what do, we do now? How do we keep following Jesus? Show us how. Show us the way. And now here's the red letter answer to the black letter confusion. Verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. The question, how will you get there? The answer, through knowing Jesus, who is in the Father. That's in your notes. Through knowing Jesus, who is in the Father. Now, that's the answer to how do we know where Jesus is and how do we go on? The answer seems, sounds rather theological. It is theological. It's very theological. But the disciples stumbled, they stumbled over the theology, and that caused them a lack of direction, and it resulted in a troubled heart. And actually, we have the same situation. We stumble over this theology, and that causes a trouble in our heart. So, so what are we talking about here? We'll look at your notes again. The heart of the question is, I desire the confidence that I can get there. That's what we want. We want to have a confidence that we can get there. I want to, here's what it is. I want to know that I can travel through life and make it to the end. I want to make sure that I can travel through life and arrive at the proper destination. And that's a serious question for everyone whether you're a Christian or not, we want to get there. I have this machine downstairs in my house that has this, these arm things on it, and it's got this little rotating belt. And you step on it, and you push these buttons, and I could change the speed, and I could change the elevation, and... I can, I, can, I can track my calories and my, and my heart rate and my pulse and all that kind of stuff. And I can plug in music and I can plug in a program and it does all kinds of different things that it's supposed to do. And I can do all of that kind of stuff. But you know what? It never goes anywhere. I mean, I'm there and it's doing all of this stuff and all of these things are happening. But I'm not getting anywhere. 
We don't want life on a treadmill. We don't, whether you're a Christian or not, we don't, you don't want to spin your wheels. I don't want to get lost along the way. I don't want to go the wrong direction. I want to get there. I want a meaningful life. I do something that is significant and get someplace. And Thomas, just like us, we focus on earthly, our, our earthly-minded plan. We direct our attention to our strategies and our programs and our processes and our methodologies and our systems and our rules and our behavior and our conduct. We focus on the how. How do I get there? And in the process of doing all of that on our own, it causes us so much heart trouble. But the heart of the answer, okay, question number two, the heart of the answer is the how is a what? Who. The how is a who. It's getting a little Dr. Seuss-ish, isn't it? The how is a who. Jesus said, you want to know the way to get there? You want to know how? I am the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one gets there. No one gets to a meaningful destination. No one gets to where you want to go. No one gets to the ultimate destination. No one gets to the Father except by me. Now that is an incredibly arrogant and deluded statement unless it's true unless it's true jesus is telling his disciples and he's telling us in all religions and the whole world that the key to living the key to all of life, are you ready for this, is this. The relationship between Jesus and the Father. The key to everything is that. The direction that you need in traveling through life and arriving is based upon believing this. That Jesus is in the Father and that the Father is in Jesus. Really? That's the answer? Sounds strange? In verse 8, Philip says, black print comment here. We can figure everything out. We can get all of our questions answered. We can, get, we, can get, we can bring peace to our troubled hearts. We can handle all of the ups and downs and the curves of life. We can do it all if we can just see God the Father. That'll be enough. And Jesus says, he doesn't say this exactly, but yes, you've got that right. That's all you need. But one thing that you are not getting is that you already have seen the Father. 
you have seen the Father because you have seen me, and I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And Jesus is really making a point of this. Jesus, this, this me and the Father and the Father and me, this is a big deal. He's making a, a significant point out of it. In fact, he's saying this is the point. Why? So have you ever been driving along and you had the GPS address punched in, you know, and turn right, turn left, turn right, turn right, flip it right, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, and your destination is on the and it's like, where am I? There happened, right? It's like, you just trusting it, and it's like, how, how did I get here? I am so lost. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is you're lost. The end is death. The world is lost. Our maps are all wrong. Our GPS is off. Our compasses are broken. Everything is moving in the wrong direction. The where is wrong. The how is wrong. Everything is wrong. We, the world was lost. And only God in Jesus could redirect it. See, that's why, it's, that's why it's so important. That's why it's the key to life. Everything is lost. Everything is misdirected. And the only answer is for God in Jesus to come and redirect it and save it. What God came to do in Jesus was the execution of the plan to save a lost world. If that doesn't happen, nothing else matters. But that is what has happened, and that is the good news, and that is the work of God. And the world needs to hear that and see it through foot-washing love. And that's the greater works of verses 12 to 14. Sorry, we're cheating those verses this morning. That's the greater works. Now, he's not telling us don't strategize. He's not saying don't lay your plans out. He's not saying, you know, don't get your master's degree, don't buy a house. He's not, not saying that. He's not saying don't figure out your life. But what it's saying here is Jesus first. What he's saying here is at the center of all of that that you do is God's kingdom. At the center is his plan to redirect an off-course world. At the center of your methods and your strategies and your plan, at the center of your works and your desire and your heart and your prayers is Jesus who loves you and wants to be with you forever. So in Sunday school class, what do you say when you don't know the answer? What do you say? Jesus, right? Jesus is always the answer. Let's pray. Lord, this is what we need to believe. 
sounds almost crazy. Sounds pretty exclusive. But Lord, this is what you have laid before us. Would you cause us to believe you this morning? And in doing that, would you calm our hearts? And in doing that, Lord, would you come back for us so that we can live with you forever? Amen.